Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Thank you, Jesus. You made you made 
forces. You cause you cause worlds to fall with your power. With your power, you perform miracles. Perform miracles. There is nothing. There is nothing that's impossible. That's impossible. And we're standing. And we're standing here only because you. Mountains are moving, mountains are 
Don't know why 
Hallelujah. Come on and give him some glory. Come on and give him some glory. Hallelujah, God is so good. If you know that God is good, come on and hop your horn. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We honor God on the day because it is our 20th church anniversary. And God did make a way. And we're so grateful. We're so thankful. And we're so grateful that we can come together and fellowship. Even though it's in the cars, we can still give God glory. We can still give him honor. We can still give him praise because he is worthy. He's worthy of glory. He's worthy of honor. He's worthy of all the praise today because it's not about us. It's all about him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father God, we just thank you. We praise you on this day. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your loving kindness. God, we thank you for giving us the opportunity to come together once again. God, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary, God, for the remissions of our sins. God, we thank you, God, without the shedding of blood, God, we will not be forgiven. So we thank you for the blood of Jesus on today. We thank you, Father God, for your healing power. So, God, I speak healing over the nations today in the name of Jesus. God, I speak today that your people are healed, they're delivered, they're set free. God, I speak on today that you're sending your word across the nation, God, to heal everybody that's going through with COVID-19 right now in the name of Jesus. I said rise up off of your bed of afflictions and walk in Jesus' name. God, we thank you and we praise you, God, that everything the enemy has meant for harm. You have turned it around today. You have made it for our good. So we thank you, God. Now, God, I thank you for my helper and my teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need your help today. I cannot do it by myself. Holy Spirit, remind me of what the word has spoken unto me. Reveal today. Manifest yourself, God, today amongst your people. I thank you, Father God, that it's no longer I who live because I have been crucified with Christ. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and who has died for me. Come on, let's give God another hand clap. Another horn clap. to God. I thank God that we can meet and even with the sun beating down, we're going to give God glory. Amen. Because God is good and he is worthy. What I want to talk about today, if you have your Bibles, go with me to Matthew the 6th chapter and verse 10. Matthew the 6th chapter, verse 10. And let's hear what the Spirit has to say unto the church. Amen. Matthew 6, verse 10. And when you get there in your word, in your Bible, just honk your horn. Hallelujah. Thank God for his word. Now the word of God now reads, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. I want to read the verse above that because this is the Lord's prayer. In verse 9 it said, After this manner... Therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I want to talk about the walking in kingdom dominion today. I want to talk about walking in kingdom dominion. This is Jesus teaching his disciples how they should pray. And we have to know how to say and when to say it because we know that death and life are in the power of our tongues and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Some of us are speaking death and don't even realize we're speaking death. God is about life and he's about life more abundantly. So the only way we can speak according to him is speaking according to his will, speaking according to his kingdom. When you do not know what to say, this is when you have to go into the word of God and be led by the Holy Spirit and know what need to be said at such a time as this. The Bible said, thy kingdom come. So what God want, he want his kingdom to come here on earth just like it is in heaven. If there's no sickness in heaven, he don't want no sickness down here on earth. If there's, if, if there's no poverty or anything down in heaven, he don't want it here on earth. God want us to totally be whole. And how do we become what God want us to become that's already in heaven? That's through being born again. When Jesus went to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus, he was a ruler. And when he went to him, Nicodemus came to him by night. And Nicodemus was telling him that the miracles that he do, he knew that he had to be from God because nobody could do those miracles. So Jesus began to tell Nicodemus, he said, verily, verily, I say unto you, in order for you to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. So what Jesus was letting him know is in order for him to enter, to see the kingdom, he has to be born again. To be born again, it means to be born from above, not born of this earth. So the only way that we can tap into kingdom is to be born again. And this is what Jesus did. When Jesus walked the earth, the Bible said that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God had to find someone to come down here and die on our behalf because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. He couldn't find no one on earth that did not have sin. So he had to send Jesus down here to die on our behalf because he who knew no sin became sin for us so we could become the righteousness of God through him in him. So the only way we can be right with God is through Jesus Christ. What happened um, in the beginning, we go right back to Genesis, where it says that God had created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was void, it was empty, there was darkness that was upon the water, and it said the Holy Spirit hovered upon the waters. The Holy Spirit was there, he was waiting for God to speak. So we see in the beginning, and we know in the beginning, Jesus was there, the word was there. Why am I reminding you of this? Because without the word, you can't do anything. We need the word in order to live a life here on this earth. Without the word, we are nothing. He is the vine, we are the branches, and we attach to him, which is Jesus Christ, the word. So when God is saying he wants his kingdom to come, down here on earth just like it is in heaven he needs some representatives to do that 
So when he sent Jesus down here, Jesus was representing the Father. This is why the Bible said the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh, which was Jesus, and dwelt among us. So by Jesus becoming flesh, Jesus was bringing the kingdom. When Jesus came, before Jesus came, John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus. And John began to say, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So John was letting them know that the kingdom was at hand. The kingdom was near. He was talking about Jesus bringing the kingdom. When he was saying repent, just like Jesus said repent in Matthew the fourth chapter, Jesus said repent for the kingdom of God is near you. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, I'm bringing the kingdom unto you. The kingdom was within Jesus. So what Jesus was doing when he was coming to earth, he was giving them the kingdom from heaven. And this is what God want us to do is being born again. He want us to bring the kingdom down here to earth. So whatever the earth is not doing, we supposed to allow the kingdom to come down here and do what the earth should be doing. Where am I getting all this from? When you go back to Genesis and you see how God created everything the way he wanted it to be, the Bible says that when God spoke, let there be light and there was light. So everything that God wanted to happen here on this earth, God spoke it into existence. Once God got through speaking everything into existence and once God started um, saying, this is what I want you to do, I want you to bring forth. The earth had to do, everything had to do what God created it to do. So after he got through with that, God said, let us make man in our likeness. And so God said, in our image and our likeness. And then he said, when we make them in our image and our likeness, which is spiritual beings, he said, let them have dominion over all the earth, over the um, everything that's on the earth. We know the animals over all the earth. So the Bible tells us in Psalms 15 to verify that the heavens and the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the um, king, to the children of men. So what we have to understand today is God has given us dominion. He has given us the right to rule and reign here on this earth. And this is what happened. See, the enemy, which is Satan, he came into that garden and he used the serpent. And what did he do? He deceived Eve to eat from a tree that God told them not to eat from. That was that tree of knowledge of good and evil and Genesis Um, chapter 3 when God told them in Genesis chapter 2 not to eat from that so what happened he began to deceive Eve how did he do it first thing that he began to say is he was asking her about the trees that did God really say you could not eat from this tree this is what the enemy does the enemy want to take the word of God and he want to twist the word he want to make you think that God is not saying what God has said But we know the word of God says that God is not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it? Shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it? Shall he not make it good? He said his word will not come back to us void. But it will go out and accomplish that which he pleased. It will prosper in the thing that he has sent it to do. 
So everything that God's word has said has been written. It cannot be changed. It cannot be altered because it is the word of God. God said, I change not. I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. But what the enemy does, the enemy come in with this seed and try to make you think that what God is saying is not true. And this is why we have to know that God's word is truth. When you know that God's word is truth, you don't go on what the enemy is saying. You don't go on who the enemy is using. You continually stand on the word of God. And the only way you can stand on the word of God is with the help of the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it by yourself. So we see how the enemy came in and he deceived Eve. Eve ate from the tree. Adam ate from the, from the tree. And then they lost their dominion. They lost their right. But God had a plan. And that plan was Jesus Christ. And God talked about that plan from the time that it happened in Genesis on up until the time that Jesus came to the earth through the Virgin Mary. So God always have a plan. So don't think that the enemy is getting something over on you because God always have a plan and a purpose for your life. So it doesn't matter what it looked like. It doesn't matter what it appeared to be. You go on what God has already said. Everything that God has already said is already done. God is not going back to do a do-over, y'all. Quit putting him back on the cross. He already done died on the cross. He was already buried. But guess what? He rose on the third day and he rose with all power. So don't let the enemy fool you and trick you that when God give you a word, when he's trying to twist that word, when he's trying to take that word from you, that's when you got to stand on what God is saying and not going on how you feel. You can't even stand on what man is saying because God said, I am God, not man, that I should lie to you. Neither the son of man that I shall repent. He that have I not said it, shall I not do it? Have I not spoken it? Shall I not make it good? So you don't even go on how you feel. Faith is not a feeling. We go on what the word says outside of how we feel. We don't go on what the news is reporting. We go on what the word has already reported over 2,000 years ago. The Bible says, whose report are you going to believe? We got to believe the report of the Lord. So we see here that the dominion was taken. But God can't use Jesus to give us back our dominion here on this earth. This is why I'm talking about walking in kingdom dominion. You have to walk in what you have. But some of us don't even know what we have because we're bowing down to what's going on around us. Yes, they say COVID-19 is here. But COVID-19 can't touch us because of who we are in Christ Jesus. When you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you don't have a fear of COVID-19. COVID supposed to bow its knee at the name of Jesus. So if it's knocking on your door, the only thing you have to say in the name of Jesus, and it has to bow. So we have to know our rights. We have to know our dominion. We have to know who we are now that we're in Christ. So when Jesus came, the first thing that Jesus said was, repent. That means have a change of mind. You got to change your mindset. The problem with people and the problem with the church is 
We've taken what the world is saying and we're letting that change who we are or who we have become to be in him. You cannot let the things of this earth change who you are in him. The, the most, the thing that I love most about this is we are a three part being. We are spirit, soul, and body. When Jesus walked this earth, Jesus' mind was set on kingdom. He was set on where he was from. And this is the first thing you got to know. Once you become born again, yes, you are here on this earth, but your body is your earth suit. But the real you is in your spirit. And your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And this is what the enemy attacked. He attacked the middle man. He cannot attack your spirit. Because your spirit is connected to God. So sin cannot hit your spirit. But what it does is messes with the middle man, which is the soul. And if your mind is not renewed like it needs to be, guess what's going to happen? Whatever somebody say, it's going to hit your body. But if you know who you are in Christ, when something is coming at you, you begin to say, stop, can't touch this. I've been bought with the price. See, the life you live now is in Christ. You do not live that old life that you used to live. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. This is what Jesus taught. When he um, was bringing the kingdom of God, the first thing that Jesus said, he said, repent, have a change of mind because the kingdom of God has come upon the kingdom of God has come to you. So what we got to understand is once we accept Jesus and accepted Jesus is knowing that we are in the need of a savior, knowing that we can't do it ourselves. So why am I saying that? Some people, some people are out here thinking that they can still do it themselves. I want to go back to Genesis after the fall. After they got deceived and sin came into the world. When you look at Genesis and you see all the people still, um, you know, the world was corrupt. There was sin everywhere. They didn't even acknowledge that sin because they thought it was a way of living. I want you to look now with this COVID-19 going on. People are still thinking that they're okay. They're still thinking that they can handle everything themselves. They're still thinking that they don't need God. Why? Because they're getting a little bit of money from it. They don't have no problems in their bodies. They don't have nothing going on in their marriages or in their homes. So they're thinking, I'm okay. But if you do not have this life that God has come to give you through Jesus Christ, money will not save you. Husband, wife, children, Fool, none of this stuff will save you. The only way you can be saved is through Jesus Christ. He's the one that brings life and bring it more abundantly. He said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. So our life is in him. It's not in man. It is in him. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. Take your mind off of what you're looking for man to do. Take your mind off of what you're looking for the president to do. Put your mind on Jesus Christ. The more you are Christ-minded, the more you can live the Zoe life that God has created for you to live. God has given us a Zoe life. And that's what Jesus was bringing to the earth. He died so we can live. Now I want to back up a little bit because God has taken me back to the tabernacle. Remember I said with so much sin in the world. 
It was so much corruption in the world during the days of Noah. What did God have to do? God had to literally destroy the world by water. But what he did before he did it, God is so merciful, y'all. God loved us so much that what he did would, before he even um, destroyed the world, he went to Noah. God will always use somebody to give us a chance because God says that he want all to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God don't want nobody lost. I don't care what a person is doing. I don't care how bad they are. God loves you so much. He do not want you to die in your sin so what he did he used Noah he used a man that I believe that didn't even know how to build an ark but the ark that he was building was an ark of safety for his people God was giving them a chance to turn from their ways and accept him so after Noah got instructions from God and God told him what to do Noah family and those animals went in that ark God shut the door so what am I saying when God is giving you an opportunity to turn away from sin and turn to him, that's what repent means. You turn it from the world's way and you turn it to God's way of doing. So God gave them that opportunity. They did not take that opportunity and they died. So we see what God did with Noah. God ended up taking Noah and them off that Ark. He opened the door, they came out, and God was telling them, this is what I want you to do. But he gave God a sacrifice. And we're still talking about Jesus being that sacrifice. I'm going to go ahead forward, and you see God went from Noah, then he went to Abraham. He made a covenant with Abraham, but what Abraham had to do, he had to leave what he was familiar with. I want to ask you this, are you willing to leave what you're familiar with? Are you willing to die to yourself so you can live for God? So what did Abraham have to do? He said, I want you to get from around your family. I want you to get from around your kindred. I want you to get from around what you're familiar with. God said, I want to bless you. God said, I want to take you to the place that I want to take you to. And I'm paraphrasing this. Go back to Genesis 12 and read it. So God said, basically, he said, I want to be first place in your life. I want you to trust me, Abraham, more than you trust in family. I want you to trust me more than you trust in what you have. I want to ask you today, are you trusting God enough to know that God is going to take care of you during this time of crisis? Are you trusting God enough to hear his voice when he's speaking to you, when God says, you are the healed, you are the prospered, you are the delivered, no matter how you feel? Do you trust God enough to leave all that aside? Do you trust God enough to know that he is still God? Do you trust God enough that no matter what's happening during COVID-19, that God got your back, that God is the one that takes care of you? Do you trust God enough to know that no matter what comes, God is going to be there for you in spite of what pops up his head? Because he is still God. So we see. And after all of this occurred, even with Abraham, God promised Abraham an heir. But Abraham was not able to have children, him nor his wife. God is so good, y'all, because God has a way of doing things. But the thing was, God was really letting Abraham know. He said, the only thing I want you to do is believe in me. He said, that's all I want you to do. I want you to take me at my word. Now, come on, what God, which is God? 
This man was a hundred years old. His wife was in her nineties. And come on, y'all. God is going to have the audacity to say, okay, now you're going to have Isaac at this time next year. Come on, God is a miracle working God. Why did he do that? Because God wanted man to know this is going to be my doing and not your doing. It's not going to be according to the way you do things. It's going to be according to the way I do things. I'm here to tell y'all, doing COVID-19, it don't matter what man do. God said, I have a way of doing things and it's past man's figuring out. When man is going this way, God said, I'm already over here this way. So we can't trust what man is saying. Because man is still trying to figure it out. It's already been figured out over 2,000 years ago. That's why we have to trust God. So look at Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah finally got that promise from God. They waited 25 years. I want to ask you this. Are you willing to wait 25 years standing on um, what God is saying, standing on his promises, Knowing that all of his promises, yes, and in Christ Jesus is amen. I want y'all to hear this. It's yes, but it's in Christ Jesus. You cannot get a promise outside of Christ Jesus. You got to be in Christ Jesus, not in yourself. We don't go on us, we go on him. And I'm going to give y'all an illustration to show you how we're so much into ourselves that we're forgetting who we are now that we're in him. So Abraham and Sarah, they brought forth Isaac, and I'm moving forward. God told Abraham that his the people, the Israelites, was going to be in bondage for over 400 years. God forewarned Abraham before it even happened. That's just good. how good God is. When you have a relationship with God, God going to let you know what's coming before it comes. He's not going to let anything take you by surprise. Some of us act like, oh my God, where did this come from? God been telling you all along that it was coming. He was preparing you for it. He was telling you the only thing that's going to save you is the word of God. There's going to be nothing else that saves you but the word of God. We have to take the word for what it is outside of how we feel. Outside of what man said, the only thing going to save you through this crisis is the word of God. The word is the only thing that's going to last. The word is the only thing that's going to stand. The Bible said heaven and earth shall pass away. But the word will stand. It's going to remain. So everything else is going to pass. But God said my word is going to stand. So we need to focus more on the word than we're focusing on anything else. Then we go into... I'm going up into Exodus. Y'all know that they were in Egypt. But when they were in Egypt, this is with Joseph. Joseph brought his family to um, Egypt, but they ended up staying in Goshen. So there was a period where there was Egypt and then there was Goshen. It was a river in between Egypt and Goshen. What happened? There was a separation. What am I telling you? There has to be a separation. When you are born again, you cannot be one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. You have to decide whom you're going to serve. This is why Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I'm going to back up out the ring. We will serve the Lord. So we have to serve him with all of our heart. We cannot lean upon our own understanding. That's why the Bible says... 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways and he shall direct your paths. So we should be looking to God to direct our paths in the midst of this COVID-19. We cannot look to man because, you know, man will fail you. We don't put our trust in man. We put our trust in God. So we see that they were in Goshen, but it was still Egypt. And after Joseph died, there was another king that came in on the scene. And he was so afraid that the Israelites that was in Goshen was going to outnumber them. So then he began to put them in bondage. He began to make slaves out of them. So as he began to make slaves out of them, y'all know what happened. They began to cry out to God and God told them, I'm going to bring you out. Now, I want you to understand they were in Goshen. They were not in Egypt, but they were still a part of Egypt because Egypt was still owning Goshen, even though they were separated. So God told them, I'm going to bring you out. So as God told him he was going to bring them out, y'all know Pharaoh's heart. It got so hardened that he was saying that they could leave, but then they didn't. And then the plagues came. Remember all the plagues that came after Pharaoh went to Moses and told Moses to go to God to stop all this stuff that was going on. He did that, but Pharaoh still did not change. But it was one more thing that God told um, Moses that he was going to do. He let him know that the firstborns that are in the land, he was going to take the firstborns. But God gave us a way of coming out of it. And this is what he said, and I'm going here dealing with the lamb. He told him to take a lamb for every house. And if that house was too small for that big lamb, then share with another house. He told him what to do with that lamb. He said, I want you to kill that lamb. I want you to take the blood of the lamb. And y'all see how I'm standing right here in this doorpost. He said, I want you to take and put the blood on the side post. I want you to take and put the blood on the top post. Why? Because guess what, y'all? I'm covered. Do you see I'm covered from the rain? I am covered. I am covered. So it means that he was covering them. Guess what he said? Now, this is what I want you to do. If you come from under the covering, this is what's going to happen. But this blood that's here that's covering you, when the deaf angel come, it's going to pass you by. But this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to take that lamb and I want you to roast that lamb, all of it. And I want you to eat all of that lamb. Don't leave none of it. I want you to eat all of it. That lamb represented Jesus Christ. But the thing that he told him with this lamb, he said, I want you to check this lamb and make sure it don't have any blemishes. This lamb had to be totally whole without any uh, blemishes without any sickness without any disease God said check this lamb make sure this lamb is is whole we, we don't want no sick lamb amen so what God did they roasted the lamb and he said this is what I want you to do he said I want you to eat it in haste why he said I want your shoes on I want you ready to depart out of Egypt where am I going I'm going here when it comes to the house when it comes to the house, he said, this house is too small for this lamb. I want you to share this lamb with another house. This is what I'm telling you, Miracle Temple. Now that you have accepted Jesus, now that you have accepted his death, burial, and resurrection, God said, I want you to go out and share me with another house. 
that is not for you to have him on the inside of you and you're not testifying. You're not telling them about the goodness of Jesus. You're not telling them what Jesus has done for you. You're not telling them how Jesus brought you life and brought you life more abundantly. God said, I want you to share me with the world. So this is what they had to do. Now I'm going a little bit further. I want to lay that down. So after they done everything that God told them to do, when the deaf angel come, they were covered. The blood of Jesus was covering them. But then as you get further along with the Israelites after they come out of Egypt, y'all, guess what? Now remember, the question I was saying was, God, they were already in Goshen. They were already protected. From everything that was going on in Egypt. God you had them in a safe place. God said that Goshen represent Christians. That want to still stay in the world. And still want to be a part of the church. See they had to come out of Goshen. Because Goshen still represented Egypt. God said some of y'all are still staying in Goshen. So when they come out and God delivered them, what did they do? They whined and they complained. No matter what God did, no matter how God brought them out, they still whined and complained. When they didn't have water, they got water from the rock. Jesus is that rock. No matter what he did, they still complained. After they got the water, they were happy again. Then when they got hungry, God, he gave bread from heaven. All of this is Jesus Christ. He brings bread from heaven. Guess what? After they got the bread from heaven, they said, we don't want this no more. They were so disgusted with the bread from heaven. We want what we had in Egypt. Come on, that's some of us. We forget who we are. And we try to go back into the world and try to do what the world is doing because we figure they're getting more than we're getting. We're not getting what we want. I want this and I want that. But you have everything that you need. So this is what was happening. The next thing that was happening, God told Moses he wanted to dwell amongst his people. So he told Moses, he said, Moses, I want you to make me a tabernacle. He said, I'm going to give you the pattern for this tabernacle. He said, I want to be amongst my people. I want to dwell in the midst of my people. God said, I want to be their God and I want them to be my people. God said, I want to be there for them that everywhere they go, I'm right there with them. That's why the word of God says that he will never ever leave us nor shall he forsake us. He's with us everywhere we go. But the thing that they had to do in order to be in the presence of God, they had to kill that lamb. Here we go again with the lamb. I went over it last Sunday. The lamb that they had to bring, remember it had to be without a blemish. That lamb had to be completely whole. The reason why, because that lamb is representing you. So if you're bringing a sick lamb, that's how you want to be. You want to be sick. If you're bringing a blind lamb, that's how you want to be. You want to be blind. If you're bringing a deaf lamb, that's how you want to be deaf. Whatever lamb that you're bringing that's not whole, that lamb is representing who you want to be. But they bought a perfect lamb, and that lamb had to be checked. And see what that tabernacle, that tabernacle had a white um, fence around it. And that fence that they made was so high, they could not even look over into that tabernacle because it was too high. The only way they can go in was by that gate. They only had one gate on the east side. That was the only way that they can come in. It was no other way that they can get in that tabernacle except through that 
that whiteness of that tabernacle around represented the righteousness and the purity of God. They knew that they could not approach God any kind of way because God is a holy God. So when they got that perfect lamb, y'all, let me tell you something. They had to stand at that gate. And they stood at that gate. And as they were being checked, dealing with the lamb, but I want to say this. The priest had to be there to make sure that that was a perfect lamb. Those priests had to wash totally. They couldn't just go and, and, and do God's service any kind of way. So what am I saying? The ones that are in the fivefold, the ones that they say that God has called them to, you know, to preach and proclaim. You can't go out and proclaim his word any kind of way. You have to be born again. You have to be cleansed by the word of God. So Moses and them had to wash those priests. When they bought the lamb and the lamb was right there, one thing that they did, the person was holding the lamb. But guess what, y'all? They didn't check the person. They checked the lamb. What am I saying to you? God ain't looking at you. He's looking at the perfect lamb. They didn't have to check you. They were checking the lamb. They were bringing the lamb like they were told. So God say they can get through because of the lamb, not because of them. He didn't say, okay, leave the lamb here and you go about your business. No, he said, you're going to come with the lamb because the lamb is the sacrifice for you. So this is why when we get to that gate, we enter the gate with thanksgiving in our hearts. Why? Because we know we have the perfect sacrifice. We have a lamb that's going to be slain on our behalf. When we get to the gate and we go through that gate, Jesus is that door. He's the only way unto the Father. There is no other way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The only way you can get to God is through Jesus Christ. So once you go through that gate and you get into the courtyard, that's when you can give up some high hallelujahs. That's where your praise come in at. Because you realize, I done got past the gate. I done entered in. You're entering into the court. This is the outer. That court represents the outer. This is your body, the outer. This is what the court is representing. So once you get there and you begin to praise God, there's that brazen altar. And you're going to take, they're going to take that animal and put it on that brazen altar. As they put the animal on the brazen altar to be killed, you're going to lay both of your hands on that animal's head. Why? Because your sins are being transferred to that animal. You are identifying with that animal saying, this could have been me. Because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through this lamb, Jesus Christ. So, Father, I'm going to glorify you. I'm going to magnify you. Because when I was in my mess, this lamb took on all my mess. When I deserve to die, because of this lamb, I am living. So you giving God some glory because of the lamb. And guess what? It's not because of you. God is looking at the lamb. So that blood is shed. And those priests have blood all over them. Now when we look at the outer court, you got that brazen altar. Now you're going to the laver. And the labor is where they would wash. Now remember, they were clean all over except their hands and feet. Why? Because in that tabernacle, the the ground was dirt. So every time they walked in dirt, their feet had to be washed. Their hands had to be clean because of what was happening with the sacrifice. So when they were looking that labor, that labor was made uh, out of the um, mirrors that the women had. 
So the women gave those mirrors and when they will look up, they will see themselves in the mirror. That is the word of God. The word of God will allow you to see, allow you to see who you have become now that you in Christ. What am I saying? This is the regeneration right here because those outer courts represent justification. That's what that means. I have been justified. Justice, I have not sinned. I have been made righteous with God. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me now. He died a death for me that I did not have to die. That's what you're looking up at. You're seeing your new identity. I have a new identity in Christ Jesus. That's when the Holy Spirit, he comes in and he seals you. Now you are identified with the kingdom of God. Like I was saying last Sunday, the church is spending too much time in the outer courts. The reason why we're spending too much time in the outer courts, because we're still trying to get it right. What we need to understand is God made it right for us. Until Jesus come, we're going to have some stuff that's not right in our lives. But when we recognize who we are in Jesus Christ, we're going to turn from those things that we're doing. And guess what? We don't want to do them no more. Because now you are identified with the kingdom of God. You are identified with the kingdom of God. Now that I have the identity of the kingdom, I have a new nature in me. That old nature that was in me, guess what? It died with that lamb. That old nature is dead. It is done away with. That's why the Bible says that now that we are in Christ, old things have passed away. The old sin nature is gone. Behold, all things have become new. You have a new life in Christ. What does that mean? The new life that I have in Christ with the help of the Holy Spirit, guess what's supposed to happen, y'all? I don't want to do what I did no more because I have a new nature in me. When I'm doing something that I don't supposed to be doing, that new nature in me with the help of the Holy Spirit is going to let me know, going to convict me of my righteousness now that I'm in Christ. So that new nature is just going to tell me who I am now that I'm in Christ. So at that labor, that too is where you get baptized. Now we know the Holy Spirit, he baptized you into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit is what does that. So we know that we have a new identity. But what we do, we do stuff symbolically. So what we do, we go in and you know how they baptize you in that water and you come up a new creation. That means when you get baptized underwater, you emerged underwater, you recognize that old man is dead. That old man is not part of my life no more. That old nature that compelled me, that drove me to sin. It's dead. It's done away with. When I rise up, I'm rising up as a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's what the water baptism does. But we don't want to stay in these outer courts all our life. We have too many Christians staying in the outer court. How do I know? Because when the world is doing something, we feel like we need to do what the world is doing. You got to be reminded, I'm no longer, I'm in the world. But I'm no longer of the world. And I don't do what the world does. I'm supposed to be different. People supposed to see me as being different. I don't have to um, plagiarize and act like I'm different. No, that's just who I am. The life that I now live, people going to know I'm not the same. You don't have to tell them that you're saved. You just live a life according to Jesus Christ. 
So when you get to that next part of that tabernacle, it's the holy place. And in that holy place, there's a lampstand over here. There's a table of shoe bread over here. Then up here is the altar of incense. When you get to that lamp that they have to constantly keep burning, they cannot let that go out. This is when we get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We get the baptism of the Holy Ghost and it says the evidence of speaking in tongues. This is where God's power come upon us to do whatever God has called us to do. This is why Jesus told him to go into the upper room and wait until the day of Pentecost. He said by waiting to the day of, of Pentecost, you're going to be endued. You're going to be clothed with power from on high. So they had to be obedient unto the Father. And as they waited, they end up with cloven tongues as a fire. A rushing wind came in, represent the Holy Spirit. And those tongues looked like cloven fire that sat upon them. The baptism of the Holy Spirit have to come upon you to do the work of the Lord. You cannot go out and be an effectual witness for Him without having the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you got that lamp. And that lamp have to always be burning. And this is why in John 15 it tells us that he is divine. We are the branches. Meaning sometimes that our branches have to be pruned. Some of us don't want no pruning. What do I mean by prune? There may be some things in your life that you don't want to get rid of. But that pruning helps you to grow the fruit that God will want you to grow. So we want to make sure we're bringing forth fruit. And if your tree is not right in producing, you're going to have to prune off of it with stopping that fruit from growing. So they had to trim them lamps. They had to make sure that oil was continually in those lamps. Why? So there would be light in that holy place. By them having light in that holy place, guess what was happening? Jesus is the light of the world. That represents Jesus. He is the light of the world. And we... Our lights of the world because we have him on the inside of us. So we want to let our light shine so they can see the father's good works that's coming through us so the father can be glorified. So our light's supposed to shine. Why? Because in that room it was darkness in there but by those lights burning, guess what? That darkness, that light overpowered that darkness. So when you go out in the world, your light's supposed to overpower whatever darkness is in the midst of you. Y'all, there is no excuse when you know who you are. So it shined over on that bread. And that bread that was on that table. And this is the bread of life. This is Jesus. He is the bread of life. And we're supposed to be eating from that bread. That's why the word of God tells us man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So we need the bread of life. We need the bread of life, y'all. This is how we live. So when we get into the word, that light that's shining on the word is going to give us illumination. It's going to give us revelation on the things of God. You can't just go read the word because when you're reading the word, guess what? You're just reading it. But when you begin to meditate on that word, when you begin to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? I need some illumination. I need some light from that word. The Holy Spirit began to illuminate that word. The Holy Spirit began to bring that word the way that word need to be brought from heaven. So we see that. So once we do all of that and we get into the word of God, then there's the altar of incense. Because we're in the word. Because we have the Holy Spirit 
upon us. We're getting revelation from the word. Then we'll know how to pray. Then we'll know how to bring forth what God wants us to bring forth for whatever situation is going on. Why? Because guess what? We're dwelling. We're staying in that place. We're staying in that place. And that um, altar incense represent intercessory. Jesus is our intercessor. He intercedes for us on the behalf of the Father. So guess what? The next pl- place is the most holy place. In the presence of the Lord. Once you enter the presence of the Lord. And this is where I'm going, y'all. This is our problem. God is in us. He's dwelling in us. He's in our spirit. So once we get to the presence of the Lord, we don't work no more from outside in. We work from inside out. That means that we're living a life according to the spirit. So this is why I want to do this illustration. Jesus came to bring the kingdom. God want us to walk according to the kingdom. This is why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, his way of doing things. And all of these things will be added unto you. First of all, in order to do this, you got to know your identity. You have a new identity in Christ. You are kingdom citizens. You are from the kingdom of God. So when things are going on here on earth, I don't check with earth. I check with kingdom. I check with heaven. I go into the word of God. I begin to seek God while he can be found. I begin to search um, my Bible with my whole heart and say, God, you see what's happening. God, what do you want me to do in the midst of what's going on? If you've been in the word of God, guess what? These rivers of living water that's right here in the pit of your belly, they're going to begin to rise up on the inside of you. And that word, the word of God is going to begin to come out of your mouth and it's going to begin to penetrate whatever darkness is around you. So this is why you got to know your identity. You are kingdom citizens. You are not of this world. You are in this world, but you're not of this world. And some people probably say, she's crazy. If you're born again, then you need to be checked. You need to make sure you know who you are now that you're in Christ Jesus. You are in the world, but you're not of the world. You do not do what the world does. What am I saying? We have to honor those that are in authority. Even when we don't like what they're doing... We still have to honor those in authority. If they say what we're doing now, we're honoring those in authority. We're making sure that we're six feet apart. We're making sure that we're doing what they tell us to do. But if they tell us we cannot speak the word of God no more, I don't honor that. Because that's that's who I am. I'm from the kingdom. If they tell me I can't pray for nobody no more, I don't honor that. But they do not change who I am. This crisis have changed some of who y'all are. Because you waiting on man to tell you it's alright. It was alright before this come upon this earth. We waiting on man to say it's all clear. We're hiding. Because we are afraid. God don't want us to be afraid if we're kingdom. Jesus walked in the midst of plague. And he healed the man with leprosy. The man with leprosy did not even supposed to be out, y'all. They didn't supposed to be out, but they come out. Why? Because they heard about Jesus. 
healed you and delivered you from your destruction. So we have to take the word for what it is. We don't disobey authority. And I believe this is why some people, Christian folks, have died. Because first of all, they ain't lining up with authority. God set up authority. We're supposed to honor those that are in authority. Sometimes we don't like what they say, but we're supposed to honor those that are in authority. We're supposed to pray for those that are in authority so we can live a quiet and peaceful life. Come on, open your Bibles. We get out of the way, and that's how we get into rebellion. And rebellion is sin. And when we get into rebellion, we can get into stubbornness, and it leads up to witchcraft. So when we know what the Word is saying... We do what the word is saying. So this is what where I'm going. The spirit works from inside out. So God said, now I'm in you. I'm your dwelling place. He said, I'm in you and you're in me. This is where I dwell. You're my temple. You're my tabernacle. He said, but I want to come out. I want the kingdom to come out of you. You have the kingdom in you. Everything that you need is already in you. But you got to bring it out of you. How do I bring it out of me? Knowing what the word of God says. If the word of God said I'm healed, then I'm allowed that healing power to flow out of me. I don't have to beg God to heal me because he already done it. He already sent his son with healing. I don't have to get on my knees and beg him to heal me. Healing is already in me. I need to stir up what's in me by going in the word of God and saying, by Jesus Christ, I'm already healed. But this is what he showed me. God was showing me through his word. Go with me. Hallelujah to God be the glory. Now, I want to go here first in Colossians 1, verse 13. This is what God done for us. It says, who have delivered us from the power of darkness. You have been delivered from the power of darkness. You have been delivered from the power of darkness. I want you to catch hold of this. You have been delivered from the power of darkness. That means that Satan no longer have dominion over you no more. Why? Because Jesus stripped him. He took away his rights. Jesus went to hell. He took the keys back. So we, it don't no longer have power over us. Satan don't have no power over us. He want us to think that he does. So then it says that, who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us, Unto the kingdom of God. We've been translated. When you've been translated, you've been taken out of one place and moved to another. Now I want to ask you something. When you always talking about what the devil done, then you thinking you've been translated back into darkness? The devil can't do nothing to you. If you're kingdom, you have power over him. That's why Jesus said, the devil has nothing on me. The devil has nothing. Why did he say that? Because he knew who he was. Now can I tell y'all something? Even though you mess up, he really don't have nothing on you. You know why? Because you in Christ. I'm going to say it again. If you in Christ, he can't use your nicotine habit to stop him from doing what he already said. Oh, y'all don't believe that, do you? See, y'all in the outer courts. 
Because the Bible tells me, I want to I want to show you this. I've been translated. I've been moved from one place to another. Amen. If you know that you've been translated, and you really know that you've been translated, come on and hop your horn. I want to show you something else. The life that I live now is hidden in him. What do I mean hidden in him? Y'all see me, right? Y'all see my outer. But when I know who I am in him, y'all don't supposed to see me no more. Y'all don't supposed to see my old life. I want y'all to picture this as I'm saying it. In front of me, it's just pure whiteness. I want y'all to see it. It's just pure whiteness. What y'all supposed to see is Jesus Christ. The life I live supposed to be in him. It ain't about me. It's about him. The new life that I'm living is about him. It's not, not about me. This is why I have to use his name. I can't use my name. This is why when I pray, I say in the name of Jesus, because in the name of a man, they ain't getting me nothing. God recognized his son because his blood is on the mercy seat, crying out, mercy, mercy, mercy. So if I'm down there begging God to heal me, and I'm saying, oh God, I curse today. I repent. Let me tell you something. No, I'm going to God and say, outside of what I've done, I still have rights because of Jesus. We are missing it. We're trying to get stuff right. He already made it right. And when you know what he's already made right. See, if I'm hidden with him, when I go to prayer, I don't duck my head around him. And say, God, you remember me? I'm just an old sinner, devil's alive, saved by grace. It's just, oh, Lord, forgive me of all my sins. And if it's something that I don't know I've done, bring it to my remembrance so I can repent. Come on. No, 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 no. The Bible says that he forgave me for past, present, and future sins. So when I go to my father, I'm going to him in the name of Jesus, not based on me. But based on his righteousness, based on his sanctification, based on his justification, everything I go to the Father with is going to be based on me, or based on him, not based on me. And that's when I know I have everything that I need. So when you go to the Father to walk in, in, in dominion, to walk in kingdom dominion, you got to know who you are now that you're in Christ. God said, I want the life of God to flow through you. So when you walking up on darkness, guess what? The Holy Spirit is going to remind you of what the word is saying. You begin to speak the word and the life of God is going to come through you. But if you got to run home and pray first and get it right, that person could be dead by the time you come back. You got to quit looking at you and what you're doing. Now, some of us do have habits. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not up here preaching to you today and tell you to keep cursing. Keep being addicted to this and addicted to that. And I ain't going to be telling you, keep fornicating and, and keep committing adultery. Because guess what? That new nature in you, you ain't going to want to do that no more. And if you even tried, guess what? There's going to be a tugging. There's going to be a pulling at you where you say, oh, no. That's not Christ-like. That's not Jesus. How many have watched a show before? And on that show, you see all this lust and all this stuff. And you like, turn the channel. Turn the channel. You don't want that before your eyes. 
You don't want to see that because you know that ain't what Christ does. He don't look at pornography. Don't you know everywhere you go, you taking him with you. Everything you doing, you you saying it's okay for him to do it when he died for all of that. So the new nature in you is not going to want you to do it no more. You're not going to want to do those things no more. That's why you have to stay in your word and know who you are. This is why Jesus told Peter, he said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. Did y'all hear that? The gates of hell should not be prevailing against the church. He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. He gave us the keys to the kingdom. He said, whatever you forbid on earth, it's going to be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you say is unlawful down here on the earth, it's going to be unlawful in heaven. While I have given you the keys of the kingdom to use here on earth. Whatever you loose on earth, I'm going to loose it up here in heaven. God is waiting on us. God already done his part through Jesus Christ. He's waiting on us. We need to stop trying to say, I'm waiting on God to do this. God done done everything. God said, begin to open your mouth and decree and declare what he's already done. He said, it's already written. I'm not going back and do it again. I died once and for all. And he sat down on the right side of the Father. Jesus didn't have to stand no more. He sat down. And what am I telling you? We are far above principalities, the powers of the enemy. We are seated with Christ. We're looking down at them because they're under us. He has given us the dominion. He has given us the right to rule and reign on this earth. And I'm here to tell you, you do not have to accept what's going on on this earth if it ain't lining up with heaven. This is why you got to look in the mirror. The word is the mirror. See what God has provided for you according to the kingdom. Be kingdom minded. The Bible said, set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. Matter of fact, it went on to say this in Colossians chapter um, 3. It went further than that. And I like what Paul was saying. It said here, it says, if you then be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. If you know that you have rose in a new life, you're supposed to be seeking things that are above, not things that are here on this earth. You don't do what the earth does. You do what heaven is doing. And then it goes on to say, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Did y'all hear that? You are dead. The life that you live in now is the life of Christ. This is why I quote all the time. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And now the life I live in this flesh, I live according to the faith of the Son of God who loved me and who died for me. I'm going to give you this illustration as well. The first illustration that I gave you was... They don't supposed to see you no more. They supposed to see Jesus. If they see you, it's because you stuck your head out and you want to be seen. Hear me, see me, be attached to me. See, pride want to be exalted. If they see in pride in your life, you stuck your head out and you want to be exalted. You want people to know that you're in the house. When they see Jesus, they see all his fruit. 
They see his love. They see his peace. They see his joy. They see his meekness. They see his gentleness. They see his faithfulness. They see all the fruit that comes from him. They see his characteristics. If they see anything else, it's because you come out of who you're supposed to be in, which is in Christ. So they're supposed to see him. We're supposed to be representatives of Jesus Christ here on this earth. Come on, y'all know when y'all stepping out. You know when you want to be seen, heard, and, talk, and, and attached to. You know when you're feeling rejected, so you got to go on Facebook and say, Hear me, see me, be attached to me. We know when we're stepping out of him, when things are going on in our lives, guess what we do? We try to fix it. It's already fixed. When we low on funds, we try to step out. And say, I got to do something. I need this bill paid. I'm here to tell you that he said in his word. He said, I am your shepherd. He said, I supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Your needs have already been supplied even before there was a need. He said, already. It's already done. Give us this day our daily bread. God know what you need for every day that you're in. We don't have to go and try to hunt something to get something. Only thing we got to do is say, Father, I thank you that you have made all grace abound towards me. That I always have all sufficiency in all things. That I can even give unto every good work. You are my supplier. You have given me everything that I need in this day. God, I have abundance and no lack, so I thank you, God. God, I thank you that I don't have to worry about what I shall eat, what I shall drink, or how I shall be clothed. God, I'm not stepping out of you because when I step out of you, I'm just like a Gentile. Because you said you know what I'm in the need of before I ask. God, even though my body is racked in pain. God, you said that by Jesus Christ, I was already healed. You said healing is the children's bread. You said you sent your word and you have healed me. You have delivered me from my destruction. So I command pain right now to leave in Jesus' name. You don't have no right here. See, that pain touched the body. And you feel it in the soul, but it don't touch your spirit. It cannot, sickness cannot touch your spirit. Your body is affected by it. Your feelings, you getting stirred up because of what's going on. But that's when you rise up in kingdom dominion and say, ah, I know who I am. I know what he's done. So when, when you know that you have died, I'm going to give you an example. You know how we go to funerals? Let's say a body is right here. That's just a body. There's no soul, there's no spirit in there. That's just a body, that's the earth suit. They got that earth suit looking so pretty. Got it all made up, all good, and we hollering over a dead body. Some people walk up to a dead body, and inside their mind, they mummer with their lips and say, you just as ugly as you was when you was living. I ain't never seen a dead body wake up out of cast and slap you for saying that. Oh, I'm going somewhere. So if you've been dead with Christ, you shouldn't rise up and slap nobody. Oh, I'm going there. I ain't never seen a dead body rise up out of a casting and say, who are you talking to? See, when we died with Christ, we raised up in a new life in Christ. We bless those who curse us. We love those who, what, hate us. We pray for those who despitefully use us. When they see us turn down the cheek, they're going to know change have come to that house. I don't have to stand up in church and say, I'm saved, I'm sanctified, I'm filled with that burning fire, evangelist. 
going to decide which gift I want to be stirred up. I'm just going to do what the word of God tells me to do. Because I know I already have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And everywhere I go, he goes with me. But let me leave this with you. Psalms 91. We're so familiar with this, but I'm going to see how familiar you are. I'm just going to see. Can we see? Because we're using Psalms 91 as a crutch and don't even know what we're using. We don't even know what we have. But we'll quote it. Sometimes we quote it because we're afraid and we said that it's working, but we're afraid. The Bible says, he, that's you and me, who dwell in the secret place of the Most High, El Elyon, shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty, El Shaddai. It said, he who dwells, guess what? I'm in that secret place. I took that position when I accepted Jesus Christ. I'm in that secret place. And being that I know that I'm in that secret place of the Most High, El Elyon, being that I know that he's under the shadow of the Almighty, El Shaddai, El Shaddai means all-sufficient one. That means everything that I need because I'm in that place. Because I'm in him and he's in me. El Elyon is in me, y'all. El Shaddai is in me, y'all. Because I know this, I can do verse 2. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. You cannot say until you know that you're in there. Some of us are still in the outer courts. Walking around like we lost people. When this virus come upon the land, we act like that we didn't know El Elyon and El Shaddai. We act like we didn't know Jehovah Rapha because you didn't know that you already in him and he's in you. See, when you know that you're in him, you will rise up and say, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. Meaning that God is my protection. And being that I know he's my protection, and I spoke that, I spoke it, this is what you get. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Because I know he's my refuge. I already been delivered before it comes. That's what you got to know. You already been delivered before this plague came upon this earth. You already delivered. You already been delivered from it. Remember, he translated you out of the power of darkness. Well, he moved you out of the power of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of light. You got to know this first, verse 1 and 2. He's in you. You're in him. He's your safety net. God is your father. He's our father. I know my daddy. If a gunman was coming at me, daddy would protect me. Come on, God is your protector. He got to be divine protection for you. And because you know that he is divine protection for you, no matter what comes upon the land, he is your refuge. He is your fortress. In God you shall trust. I did not see nothing about in man. God is not man. God is God. He is the creator. He know all things. So we got to trust him. It says, surely he shall deliver us from the snare of the fowl and from the northern pestilence. He shall cover us with his feathers and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Do y'all hear that? We're under his wings. Why? 
Because his truth. Jesus says sanctify them in truth. Thy word is truth. When you are in the truth. It's going back to the armor now y'all. See that belt of truth that you have on. That's what hold up the rest of your armor. When you got on that belt of truth. When you know the truth. And the truth is what make you free. You got on that breastplate of righteousness. I am in right standing with God. Then you got what? You got the shield of faith. Then it said that truth shall be your shield and your buckler. See, when they were fighting in battle, they had the big shield, but they also had a little shield on their arm. And what happened was they take these shields and they dip these shields in water. When they dip them in water, when they... um Sending those fiery dots at them. When it hit that shield. It would automatically go out. The word is the water. There go that truth. There go that buckler. So when you in the word of God. You can stand in faith for, for sure. Because faith come by hearing. And hearing come by the word of God. It shouldn't get past that big shield. But if it do. Come on you got a little shield. So oh, you thought you was going to get through didn't you? Come on somebody. Y'all better understand your protection. You better understand what you got. See, this is what Psalms 91 is talking about. When you know what it's talking about, you can decree and declare it. If you just decree and decree and declare to get something to happen, you don't know what it's talking about. I'm speaking what I already have. I'm not trying to get anything. I'm speaking what I already have. And it goes on to say, Thou shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day. Guess why you're not going to be afraid of the terror by night? Because you are light. You are light. If God is in you, he is the light of this world. And the light is going to what? It's going to expose the darkness. It's going to, um, you know, Satan has been defeated, y'all. He's a defeated foe. He wants us to think that he has not been defeated. Go back through Psalms 91 and understand what it's saying. If you got verse 1 and verse 2, you got the whole Psalms. I don't even have to read it. So what am I saying? Walk in your dominion. Walk in the authority that God has given you. Kingdom dominion. We are kingdom citizens. We are called his ambassadors. Meaning that we get what from heaven. We get the instructions from heaven and we bring it down here to earth. Know your kingdom authority. Walk in your kingdom authority. If all of us right now that sitting here today. We began to touch and agree and say the same thing. God said, where two or three are gathered in my name, he said, I'm in the midst of you. God is in the midst of us right now, y'all. And God has already conquered COVID-19 before COVID-19 came in on the scene. It was already conquered. It was already done away with. But guess what? What you're seeing is what has already been. And what we should be doing, we should not be afraid. Why shouldn't we be afraid? Because he's our refuge. He's our fortress. When we know truth, we should not be afraid. That's why he told Timothy. For God did not give you the spirit of fear, but the power of love and of a sound mind. Stir up those gifts that's within you. How do you stir up those gifts? By speaking in the Holy Ghost. Because when you begin to speak in the Holy Ghost, you're speaking directly to the Father. And whatever the father wants you to say or do, it's going to come out of your mouth. But it have to have words. You got to be word-minded. Word-minded. Some of us are just speaking in the Holy Ghost and don't even know what we have. So God said, walk in your kingdom authority. God said, it's already done. 
And if you have spoke to this COVID-19, what you do is believe in what you have said. Give God glory that it shall not come nigh your dwelling. Then that what God said, no evil shall befall me. Neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. For God has given who? His angels charge over me to keep me and guard me in all of my ways. So Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry, walk in your kingdom, dominion. Get to know who you are in the times of this crisis. And whatever you in the need of, I'm here to tell you, God is already supplied it. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your word that has went forth on today. We thank you for those that have heard your word, God. And now that they have heard the word, we thank you that they go out and be doers of this word, God. We thank you that we walk by faith and not by sight. God, we thank you that we fight the good fight of faith. God, we just thank you. We just praise you for your love, God, that's in our hearts, God, that's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And God, we thank you that love covers a multitude of sin. And we thank you, Father God, that we will, through the help of the Holy Spirit, remember that we are hidden in you. And we will remember, God, that when we come out of you, God, we're trying to do it ourselves, and we're not trusting in what you have already done. Thank you, Father, that on today we can trust in you with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. And Father, we're coming into agreement right now in the name of Jesus. God, I speak today that the lame is walking right now in Jesus' name. I speak that the deaf is hearing right now in Jesus' name. God, I speak, Father God, that tumors and growths, God, are being resolved right now in Jesus' name. I curse them at the root. In Jesus' name. God, I speak right now that the miraculous is taking place right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you that those that have heard this message, God, I thank you that they are accepting Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior. I thank you that they are confessing with their mouth because they believe in their heart that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose on the third day. So I thank you that they are saved Right now, in the name of Jesus. Now is the time of salvation. God, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. So I say, be healed, be made whole. Spiritually, financially, mentally, emotionally, I thank you that they're healed physically in Jesus' name. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank everybody for coming out today to hear the good news. And prayerfully, we'll let you know if we do this again next Sunday. We'll send you out a text to let you know what we will be doing. But I thank God for the fellowship because he did not want us to forsake fellowship and coming together one with another. Amen. And all of us, we need a boost sometime. Amen. We need for that fire in us to be ignited. We need for that fire to keep burning and this is how the fire keeps burning. But I want to give you a forewarning. Everything that's trying to light your fire that's on live, you better know whether it's God or not. Because it's false prophets out there, it's false teachers out there that are saying what you want to hear. You have to come into alignment with what the word of God says. Don't listen to any and everybody. 
you want to listen to truth. And the only way you will know the truth is through being in the truth. And then you have to make a connection with the Holy Spirit that's within you. Get into your word. Allow the word to get into you so you will know when you are hearing truth or not. Some people are just grabbing anything just to say, I heard the word. How do you know if it was the word that was coming from heaven? We have to know what we're hearing. Don't take this stuff lightly, y'all. The enemy is using this crisis to set people up, to turn people away from God and turn people to man. We want to stand doing all we want to stand. And one thing we want to do, we want to show the love of God during this crisis. Whomever we can help, we want to be a help one to another. This is why we've been calling around to see if anybody needed, um, you know, different supplies. So we're trying to make sure everybody have what they need. So if it's something that you need, know that it's already been provided because God know that need. And he does meet those needs through people. Amen. So whatever we have, we should be willing to be shares of one another, just like in the book of Acts. They sold their land. They put the money at the apostles' feet and the apostles delivered whatever was needed for those that were in need. Y'all, we want to do it after the pattern of God. But one thing I need for you to do, we have a ministry app, and it's called Church by Ministry One. Church by Ministry One. That's an app that we have for the ministry. And if you could, please download it on your phones. It's Church by Ministry One. The Ministry One is together and what that helped us to do here at Miracle Temple, we got to send out messages. You will get that message if you have that app on your phone. It also have prayer lists. It have donations. You can go up there and check it out. It also have a place where you can see our YouTube videos, um, our sermons. So um, download Church by Ministry One. And um, our church will be listed in there. And you can follow those instructions. But that's one thing that we have. During this time, and we're going to keep it even after this time. So I thank God for you being here, and I'm going to ask um, Athea Glory to come up if there's any more announcements. And I want to say again, happy 20th church anniversary. God has brought us from a mighty place. Thank you, God has brought us, y'all, from a mighty long way. So we thank God for everything that he has done, everything that he's doing. Y'all, God is just so awesome, isn't he? He's so awesome. Amen. I'm going to have these announcements to come at this time. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Glory. Until further notice, we will be using our live stream, Facebook, and conference calling for our service in Clem School of Ministry. Sunday service will broadcast at 11 a.m. Clem School of Ministry on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. If you don't have access to the internet, you can call in at 717-275-8940. The PIN number. Okay, no more call number. But ways to send your tithes and offerings is www.mtdm.org. You can use our cash app, which is dollar sign MTDM20, and you can mail it to P.O. Box 1042, Burgall, North Carolina, 28425. Thank you. Amen. Do we have the...